really excited that I am able to speak with Craig Goldie, uh, guitarist from the well-known um, world-famous band Dio. So um, how are you this evening, Craig? I'm good. Thank you, Kate. How are you? Oh, uh, very good. It's um, a pleasure to have you on the line. Um, Craig, I've listened to your music for so many years now, and it's, it's you know, it, I just want to say I have a heartfelt um, gr- uh, thanks to you that I'm grateful for Craig um, and what he's done for the band Dio and the so many songs that he's ri- he's written that are just incredible and just um, really uh, timeless. So oh. excellent, yes, excellent well, guitarist. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. And we've spoken, you and I, we've spoken throughout the years, and and this is you know how this how much this is a, a, this band, and even now that Ronnie is is not with us here on Earth, he's still with us. And it's always been run as a family, and it still is. And you've always been a very uh, loved and appreciated member of the family. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you for those kind words. Um, and there, there's a wonderful community of people who uh, w- were supportive of the band Dio and uh, the members that, ha- that the band had over the years and um, who loved Ronnie James Dio greatly. And there are so, so many people that, that love the music so much and what, what Ronnie did for so many people has been wonderful. Um, so again, I want to say it's very nice to be a part of that community. We have an event coming up, which is going to be held near um, LA in a uh, a park. And it's um, so... Uh, they're going to, uh, concerts are being held by uh, band Dio Disciples, which um, we're looking forward to. Great White is going to be there. Lita Ford, uh, young Gabby Ray. And so it's always just delightful to see these performances and uh, these musicians who are so um, skilled and so so talented. Um, and we're we're having Harley Davidsons come in, so um, that's always fun. Um, Craig, do you own a Harley Davidson? <laughs> no. <laughs> really? No. I would. You can't fool me. I would have thought that you had one for certain. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've I've learned that there's just certain things that aren't worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so true. There were Absolutely. a few times I've been injured by unexpected in, in very unexpected ways that one would think were situations that were no-brainers. Uh-huh. So I just and just a week prior to a performance, and so it's just okay. like okay, not anymore. Not I'm not. It's just certain things. Just yeah, it's the safety factor. I have to agree. Uh, me too. And I've also had you know one or two. Uh, injuries of that sort that were definitely a no-brainer so um but what is worth the risk yes. is everything else you know because ronnie was such a great man you know and so driving up there from san diego and going there's a lot that has that goes into these things you know because yeah you know, i live in san diego now where i grew up 
And okay. Luckily, I was able to, you know, to um, very fortunate enough to have established myself now to where I don't have to live in Los Angeles. I do have to live in California because yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. I can be near Los Angeles still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a lot that goes. Oh wow. You know, and we don't get paid, you know, and and we shouldn't get paid for things like this. But people need to know Mm -hmm. that, you know, this is a big deal. And it's not just because, you know, of the bands and what volunteer, uh, volunteering their time and everything. But it's also for the reason why we're doing this, you know, because Ronnie was so loved all over the world. And there's a reason why he was so loved all over the world. You know, he was, you know, first and foremost... You know, he was the first and last of his kind. Nobody had a voice like his. Nobody had the mm-hmm. songwriting mm-hmm. songwriting skills that he had. Nobody had the mind that he had. Nobody had the heart that he had. Nobody yeah. had the, the passion and the visionary qualities that he had. And um, he was a, a very special man, you know, in many different levels but one and, of, and the talent too and i think huge. i want to say that one of his talents was just drawing these uh wonderful people to him like yourself you know uh musicians with talent and um he was of course you know very uh very generous with his his time and um so although i didn't know him in person i wish i wish i had had the opportunity to meet him well, you know, there there's are a few people that um that never got a chance to meet him, you know, and the thing I can say the most for those people is that if you love his music then you've met him. Because yes. being, yeah. being a fan, I've I, you know, I'm first and foremost before anything else was a, excuse me, was a fan and I still am. And oh, Ronnie yeah. James yeah. Dio, Ronnie James Dio was and still is my favorite singer. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I had uh, he he brought so many people through the hardest parts, you know, journeys of their lives. There was so many times we'd get he'd get letters from military personnel, you know, who were about mm-hmm. to, who were just about ready to face the imaginable, you know, the imaginable atrocities that some of our greatest have had to face on our behalf for our freedom. Shows Dio songs and Rainbow songs and 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 Black Sabbath songs that Ronnie wrote and, and sang on as their means of support and as their means of courage for them mm-hmm. to face things. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, I came from a um, an abusive family and I lived on the streets at the age of fourteen, mm-hmm. and he was the voice I turned to. And I mm-hmm. think a big reason why is that Ronnie was so expressive with his with his voice too. Not only was he yes have a way of writing music that called to the downtrodden and called to the black sheep of the globe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, he was so expressive with his voice that you could hear the hurt in his voice. You could hear the anger in his voice. You could even hear the the intelligence in his voice. You could hear yeah, the yeah. sense of humor in his voice. So the things that hurt Ronnie were also subject matter that hurt me. The things that was angered Ronnie was also subject matter that angered me. And he and so yeah. I felt like I yeah. knew him before I even met him, and he had that relationship with everybody all over the world. So I, I, you know, I can vouch for that. That if you haven't met Ronnie in person, you certainly have met him if you're a fan of his music. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Those uh, his lyrics are 
very powerful and expressive. And uh, so understand, I understand the meaning of, of what you're saying. Uh, yes. Um, so very great message, you know, in his songs. Um, yeah, because he had a way, that's what opened up the door for him and I, was when I, um, I lived on the streets, like I said, and mm-hmm. uh, and with my last $20 that I made, I still had jobs, and, and I figured out a way to live while mm-hmm. Living, mm-hmm. living in a car on the streets. And one of my ways of making money was guitar lessons, and so um, with my last $20 that I made uh, giving guitar lessons, I made a demo. And I mm-hmm. was with a singer, um, Perry McCarty. Um, he okay. was in a band called Warrior, but he was first in San Diego before he went up to L.A. to join that band Warrior. And he felt bad about leaving me behind. So he said, you know, get some copies of your demo and I'll hand them out. And so that band Warrior became friends with the band Rough Cut. I still get sad to this day when I I say what I'm about to say. When Randy Rhodes died, because that really bummed me out how, how, how he was taken from us. Yes. And when he passed away, Jakey Lee from Rough Cut took his place. Mm-hmm. So he left Rough uh-huh. Cut to join Ozzy Osbourne, which then in turn created an opening for the guitar slot in Rough Cut. Okay. So the band yeah. Warrior was friends with the band Rough Cut. So my demo got into the hands of the drummer of Rough Cut, who then in turn gave it to Ronnie. And then Ronnie heard something in that demo that said, we got to get this <laughs> kid up here. But how do you find oh, a kid my. with a guitar? <laughs> What how a story! In, yeah. How do you find a kid who lives in his car? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But luckily, I happened to be at one point in a house that had a phone. You know, I yeah. was I was I did a favor for a friend. That friend uh, helped me stay at a place. You know, it was a couch that only the dog slept on and had no cushions and it had dog hair and smelled like dogs. But it had, but that phone. You know, I had to pick up dog poop. You know, for sandwiches and stuff. But huh. that phone, that house had a phone. And uh, I caught a ride up to L.A. Uh-huh. And Ronnie and Wendy had uh, rented amplifiers and, and cables and stuff for me because all yeah. I had was a guitar. Uh-huh. If you think about it for a minute, you know, that was Los Angeles. Every guitar player in Los Angeles was already well-established with other bands they were in. They had names for themselves. They had their own equipment. They were They were all ready to go and in line for auditions. And something told Ronnie, we got to get this kid up here. And then the night before, oh, wow. uh-huh. said, I want to meet him. Mm-hmm. So I get this message that Ronnie James Dio wants, is going is to be there at the auditions. Because yeah. it was basically left up to the band to decide who's going to be their guitar player. But, but on my audition, for some reason, Ronnie wanted to be there because he wanted to meet me. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And then, so I, I, I had a chance to tell him what his music meant to me. And I told him that, you know, I loved his lyrics and that, you know, and I and I didn't realize back then how people would say I'm a big fan of yours just to try to get, you know, the hidden agendas. I didn't realize how many hidden agendas there were in this business. You know, I was just oh, a fan. Oh, really? Just yeah. A yeah. pure-hearted fan with no hidden agenda, you know, and I think that's mm-hmm. also what Ronnie liked about me because so was he. He had no hidden agenda. He had a pure heart, and he started yeah. out as a fan. So. I told him, I go, There's, you know, in your lyrics, it's like you're saying one thing but really saying another. He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, sometimes it sounds like you're ta- you're saying one thing, but you're talking to 
two different people who are in complete opposites to one another, uh-huh. yet, yet you have like a dark sound but with a positive message. And he grabs my arm and he goes, right, exactly, almost like uh-huh. a broken code, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And we started talking more in depth, like, like, like what? You know, and I would tell him, well, this song, you say this, but I think you're really saying that. And he goes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's time for me now to, to do my audition. So as he listens to me auditioning for Rough Cut, he gets inspired and he wants to sit in. Now, he never sits in with other bands. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he was inspired to sit in. So we did heavy... Uh, we did um, Heaven and Hell and Man on the Silver Mountain together. And he yeah. comes over to me during that audition and goes, what's the lyrics to the second verse? Like, you know, I'm the, I'm the day, I'm the day, you know, the lover of uh, life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he would file his lyrics away while he was uh, writing the material. Okay. And I, little did I know that, that those two things, well, actually those three things, forged a relationship that was going to last 30 years. Yeah. And him oh. and I were very close friends. I know that I'm not every Dio fan's favorite guitar player. I know that. But him and I had a very special relationship. Yeah. He was a nice man. He would invite me over to his home, and it would just be him and I on the on the couch watching. Mm-hmm. He'd go back in the back room and come out with, you know, all this equipment so we could watch old Rainbow videos. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then he, would, he would get too late, and he'd, then he'd come out and carry out a, a mattress and a... And, sheets and blankets and pillows and pillowcases, tuck me in like a father to a child and give me headphones so I could listen to the Holy Diver recordings before they were oh. even finished. <laughs> well, what, what an incredible story. It's, it's really wonderful to hear. Just to backtrack a little, it was like you said, um, you know, just prior to your meeting with Ron that it, you, you were, uh, you had heard about, um, uh, you know, the tragedy of the death of Randy Rose, and that would have been 1982, but and which is actually the same year that the band Dio formed because Ronnie uh, had left Black Sabbath, took right. taking Vinnie along with him, Vinnie Apis along with him, and, um, and then um, the first album that you recorded with Ron, that was 1987, wasn't it? Yeah, that's when it was released. So yeah. it wasn't too too uh, long after that, and you were actually replacing, um, was it Vivian, mm-hmm. uh, Vivian Campbell in the band? So that's, you know, that's a fascinating history too. Yeah, and also it's because Ronnie is a man of his word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. During the times that we recorded the demos for Rough Cut, that meant that me and Ronnie worked together studio and we wrote together yeah so there'd be lots of late nights where it was just him and i and angelo arcuri who did the whole all you know the first three records for um for dio the you know the the big ones and uh so they were also kind of learning how to be engineer and producer together too you know because they knew what they were doing but they were kind of also using these recordings for rough cut as like a guinea pig you know for their stuff so they really started, and I noticed how they would do really these unorthodox methods of recording just to get the sound they were looking for. Because and they created this team that was way ahead of their time, because mm-hmm. you know some of the records that recorded back then still sound good by today's standards. Yeah. Because yeah. of the unorthodox methods they used back then. 
Hmm. And it was during those times that we would be late at night. It would just be him and I working together, and he'd look at me and he'd go, Goldie, if Vivian ever doesn't work out, you'd be my first choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why there were no auditions. Vivian was out and I was in. Yeah. Oh, and okay. Heard, and we've already worked together. He knew that it would work because first, you know, him and I were friends, and we had a working relationship. And I had yeah. the same type of work ethic that he did. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, we wouldn't stop. We wouldn't call it a day. Nothing was finished until it was finished. You know, everybody else would leave and get tired and it's time to go home and go to bed. Not me and Ronnie. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. Over, yeah. it's not yeah. done until it's done. You know, well, that means you, you work until three o'clock in the morning and you got to get up at six o'clock in the morning the next day. That doesn't matter. What well, matters I'll, is it done? Yeah. Does it sound oh. good? You know, and so Indeed. definitely yeah. hardworking group of musicians. That's you know evident and always so um, very admirable. <laughs> well, it was just it was just that you know we liked the create. You know, he wasn't a rock star; he was a mm-hmm. musician. That's the difference. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of there's a lot of guys out there that are rock stars. Who happened to be musicians? Well, Ronnie's a musician who happened to be perceived as a rock star. That's that's <laughs> the difference. Yeah, but just he liked the he, he iconic, just an icon. Yeah, for everyone too. But he he also donned um, costumes and put on a a great um, state show, didn't yeah. he? With um, you know the the scenic backdrops and the artwork, um, and it was all you know, very visually stunning. So, uh, And little did people know, he was basically, by doing that, he basically cut his profit margin in half. <laughs> you know, so that he could give that to the fans. That was his, you know, people don't understand that that really is a gift. You know, when they say, I, I did that for the fans, a lot of people go, yeah, right. You know, well, you made, some, mm-hmm. you made a lot of money. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, he made a lot of money, but he spent a lot of money. Yeah. That's the that's the thing they that they don't they forget, you know what the what the uh, the cost involved to create that was, you know he could have created less and made more, but he didn't. He uh-huh. created more and made less. Oh yes, but a true artist though, you know who who wanted to be part of this part of this world that he, you know, created, which was, yeah. you know, all, all all of his songs and his band members. And uh, so this, you know, what an incredible, incredible um, show it was, yeah. I think, at all times. Well, well because it, it was both. It was, it was an mm-hmm. experience, but at the same time, there was just honest to goodness, good musicianship. Good music played by great musicians and an experience you know, with all the lights and the lasers and the explosions and the, you know, the special effects, you know, it was everything. It was like, you know, there's a difference when you see a movie that's got great special effects with no, and the, you know, the acting's not so good and the story's not so good. But Mm -hmm. when you go to a movie where the actors are great and the story is great and the special effects are great, that's a whole different ball of wax. And that's what Dio was. Oh, yes. So the crowd was was stunned, you know, and he he was this personage that was you know powerful and, and it seemed to just have this power over um, 
not just the crowd, but it was like heaven and hell, and it was, um, <laughs> yeah. you yeah, know, that's so people yeah. saw him as this this leader, almost. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Of this yeah that's kind what of he was. Fantasy. He was a great leader. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so it was, um, we were talking about the first album that you recorded, and um, it wasn't until the year 2000 that you recorded another album. Yeah, so I want to say you co-wrote another album, and then another after that. So it was Magica, and then it was Master of the Moon. And meanwhile, you were touring and touring. Um, and well, not I, a lot I, of people know that I actually wrote music and was going to record Killing the Dragon. Aha! Another great actually, album. Yeah. Uh, um, actually, for some reason, you know, we don't really know why, because Ronnie was very good at making sure that if you wrote something, you got credit for it. But there were some times when things would get missed, you know, and, you know, it's too late to, you know, change everything. So you just you know, say, okay, well, you know, whatever. But, you know, the mm. I wrote the song um, with Ronnie. Ronnie and I co-wrote Throw Away Children. We co-wrote Push, and we co-wrote... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, rock and roll, and we co-wrote uh, actually "Killing the Dragon," but I didn't get oh, wow. credit for "Killing the Dragon." It was actually okay. my idea to, to, you know, I came up with the intro, yeah. Which then it was my idea to use that intro as the guitar section, as the beginning of the guitar section. And often Ronnie would look at me and go, "Are you sure about this, Goldie?" Because it was very, I my methods were also unorthodox. <laughs> and yeah. that whole guitar solo—that's a big, long guitar solo. That's a big piece where it, it changes keys and it does all sorts of stuff. And Doug did an absolute awesome Doug Aldrich. But uh-huh. Doug, okay. Yeah, but, but it was yeah. kind of modeled after the solo I had already done. Okay. You know, but he but he took it to a whole different level. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, you know, there are things Doug Aldrich can do that I can't do. You know, but him and I have a, a really good relationship. You know, because he's a great, he's another great guy. But he'll, you know, he'll say the same thing to me. You know, he'll call me and go, "Dude, you know, how do you do that Blackmore stuff? I can't do that stuff like you do." You know, Richie I, Blackmore, you can't right. do that stuff like oh, really? you do the stuff that I, you know. So it's it's really cool, you know, that him and I have that that relationship. Same thing with yes, Rowan. You know, same yeah. thing with Tracy G. You know, we both just kind of like, you know, we're all just kind of like, hey, you know, I get it. You know, you do stuff that I can't do, okay. and I do stuff that you oh. can't do. And that's, you know, that's interesting. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, you know, a hateful thing, you know. There was uh-huh. only one guy that decided to be hateful, and we all know him, you know, and hopefully someday he'll let bygones be bygones. I hope that day will come, you know, but, you know, I, I you know, I wish, you know, that, you know, that, that wow. it not as vile as it did, but for some reason it did, you know. <laughs> Well, and it's uh, to hear that you know your perspective on uh, your take on that is very interesting. Um, uh, very, uh, you know, very well-known guitar players. Um, so just backtracking again, just a bit. Say that these songs you were recorded with Dio were instantly well-known, and they're so popular that, you know, millions of people have heard them, millions upon millions, I don't know, but all around the world, and uh, have have sold, you know, millions of records to the band Dio. So, um, I, I don't know what to say. Um, it's just, um, 
point being, ah, yes, the point was that when you, you left Dio, it was after the first album where you took just some time off. And as I understand, you were actually picked up by Warner Brothers and um, had gained a lot of popularity and a lot of interest from uh, from many companies. But um, at the time, did you do a lot of writing for Warner Brothers? Yes, but the, the, um, um, eventually one of these days I will I will tell people why I left. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's 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 remained a mystery for a reason. You know, because um, you know I remember what I did right and I remember what I did wrong and I remember what Ronnie did right and I remember what Ronnie did wrong. Me and Ronnie talked about it and we came to terms and that's why he invited me back to the band. Yeah. You know, or was and, it a, um, more of the? It was only the only uh, the only reason why um, Rowan and Doug were in you know were in the in those in that band mm. uh, when they were was when I left. Okay. But did you you know, I never a... got I never got fired and replaced by Doug and Rowan. No, no, but it was. Was you all... know, but I'm not trying to take away anything. Same thing with Tracy G. I'm not trying to take away anything from what they gave to that band because they were able to get into stuff that I was just starting to get Ronnie into. So I was mm-hmm. kind of jealous, you know, because there were certain things that they that I wanted to do that we didn't get a chance to do that then Doug and, and Rowan and Tracy got into. Um, but still, you know, I was in learning mode. You know, I wasn't really, you know... The one thing about Doug and Rowan and Tracy G is that they had already, you know, they'd already become their own guitar player. Okay. I hadn't yet. You know, I hadn't fully <laughs> blossomed yet. That's, you know, there's that's guys was... like George Lynch and there's guys like Yngwie Malmsteen and, you know, yeah. we did those Hearnade recordings, you know, for Worst Stars and Hearnade. There was all these guitar players and I'm like, oh, man, you know, these guys are uh-huh. miles ahead of me, you know. Uh-huh. And, and, it? um so I don't want to really work on my craft, you know. Yes, exactly. I, that's what I wanted to ask you, I, and I don't mean to interrupt, but was it no. a desire to to follow your own path as a guitar player and really, you know, really become uh, your own true uh, artist um, in well, your guitar playing? I even have a recording of Ronnie. Board. I have a recording <laughs> of Ronnie saying when we did the. Um, uh, MTV did a thing called Headbangers Ball, and they filmed the entire concert of Dream Evil. So right after they aired my guitar solo, they did a voiceover with Ronnie saying, talking about me, and he was saying, you know, Craig's the newest member of this band, and wow, it's only been, it's been three years, I can't even believe it's been that long, and and Craig's a great player, and he's going to be a big star someday, and I look forward to watching him progress and become the leader of his own band. Yeah. Oh wow! He even mm-hmm. said that himself during that yeah. time. Yeah, so he knew, um, which you know, which you did. He beside me was a leader, but you know, mm-hmm. still I needed to learn, and I needed to learn the leadership qualities from the best, and that's what I was doing. He yeah. turned to me one yeah. day during rehearsal, and uh, right near his one of his best friends, and he'll back me up on this if I need, you know. But I don't. No one's ever questioned me on this yet, you know. But if I have to, I will because he was standing right there. Ronnie turned to me and said, "I want to pass the torch on to you." Uh-huh, uh-huh, and really? That, yeah. that friend of Ronnie's was like, going, oh, wow, do you know what that means? I go, yeah. <laughs> and I really fully didn't understand what that means until recently. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I was in learning mode, and he was he was great that way. He, him and Wendy were so great about 
taking me under their wing and showing me the things that went on behind closed doors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how everything worked behind closed mm-hmm. doors, how, you know, an idea becomes a reality, you know, and uh-huh. how you know, one idea, one conversation at lunch turns into a contract and that contract uh-huh. turns uh-huh. into an advance and that advance turns into a stage set. That stage uh-huh. set turns into an award-winning yeah. experience, you know. How, wow. how do you do that? You know, I, I, yeah. they showed me all sorts of stuff because they mm-hmm. knew that they, they believed that one day, you know, I had it in me, you know, to be a, also be a visionary and also be a leader, you know, but I wasn't ready then. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, yeah well, so, and I've, I've met Wendy Dio, too, and she's, she's of course, is a, an admirable lady and um, a sophisticated person and it's it's you know it's i'm always um very interested in to to learn what it is that they knew that that made them so successful and um so because what a success that the band was and the tours and uh the band members and albums and so it's really wonderful well, I wanted to say too, and then because you mentioned uh, passing the torch on, and that, and when when we lost um, Ronnie James Dio to cancer, which was 2010, um, I'm I'm going to mention uh, here, stand up and shout uh, the name of the Cancer Research Fund, um, which which can be found online. And uh, Wendy has been a wonderful supporter of this uh, cancer research fund. So stand up a shout, and the band Dio and uh, the whole community um, is supportive of this this mm-hmm. this one. So um, which brings been... us back to the twenty second. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they'll be represented at the park um, in the upcoming event, concert event, um, and. Um, I've seen members of the band Dio Disciples over the years have uh, changed just a little bit. With um, We had Rudy Sarzo on the bass, Simon Wright, and Vinnie Peace, uh, Scott Warren on keys, and yourself, Craig Goldie, on guitar. Uh, vocalist, when I saw the, the band Dio Disciples perform, it was Tim Ripper Owens on vocals, and he's um, fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him perform again at the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've also seen um, Oni Logan from mm-hmm. Lynch Mob and Joe Retta. Um, yes. And are they amazing? Wow. So it's yes. so nice to hear uh, the Bandio Disciples, and it's really wonderful. Um, the cool thing about that band, real quick, is that it's because of the reason behind it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, is, is that we, you know, Ripper was Ronnie's protege. Okay. Um, Ripper was chosen by Ronnie. I remember specifically being at several dinners when Ronnie was, you know, at the helm of those dinners, trying to coordinate things around Tim. Okay. To build, to build mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. and uh, Wendy became his manager as a direct result of Ronnie's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, insistence on making Ripper his protege. And uh, yeah, and, 
and us, and they were friends. Uh, when we recorded uh, Magica and when we recorded um, Master of the Moon, when Tim was in town, Ronnie would mm. stop, would shut down the recording because Tim was going to come in for a visit, and they'd sit down and talk for hours. Oh, so that's really? How they, that's how close they were. You know? <laughs> so when it came time to do Dio Disciples, if Tim was the most, you know, was was the obvious choice because not only were they friends, but Ronnie wanted to, you know, Ronnie wanted to take him under his wing and mm-hmm. do the mm-hmm. same thing to him that he, that he did for me. Yeah. You know, so there's a whole story behind that, you know, and, and there's there's for whatever reason people think we're trying to, you know, cash in on Ronnie's passing, I'm grateful that has quieted down. I think people finally understand that that's not really what it's all about, especially yeah. since we come out of pocket most of the time. Oh, <laughs> oh know, But yeah. it's, really, it's really about, you know, keeping his music alive. And, and, and so when our deal was was to, you know, try to bring the fans in to a concert setting, and it was really basically like a memorial service in a concert setting. That's what it really is. Yes, yes. Some people can kind of find closure, you know, in a way. And there never will be total closure because everybody's going to miss him for the rest of their lives. I know I will be. You know, there won't ever be closure totally, but it's, it's a way of all of us getting together for the same reason, with the same hearts and mind as one another, and something when that happens, something very special occurs. You know, we never know when it's going to happen, but we always know that during that concert, there's always a time when the band and the audience connect. And when that happens, yeah. all of a sudden you see people singing to the sky, and tears are falling down their cheeks because they miss Ronnie and love him so much. And that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big speakers and the big sound, you know. And sometimes we're not able to do that in the park and stuff like that, you know. So I hope people understand. It's really about what it's for, not, you know, not how we look, you know, and how we sound. Sometimes a lot of it's just we're doing it for the reason we're doing it. There's other times when we're playing proper venues and stuff where it just sounds massive, you know. And yeah, it, that's the whole reason behind it. It's not about us. It's about him. You know? Yeah. Well, um, it's certainly true. Um, I, I don't want to exclude uh, bass player Bjorn Anglin because I know I've seen I've seen Bjorn a couple times perform with Dio Disciples in Rudy's place, and um, so that's been great too. Bjorn so Bjorn is amazing. He's 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 been a friend of mine and actually a student of mine way back, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's he's been a friend of Tim's. He's you know he's been a friend and and closely knit to the Dio family. That's that's the main purpose with everybody. You know Rudy was in the band and highly loved and respected by Ronnie. Ronnie just loved Rudy. You know and there's a good yeah. reason. For that. Me and Rudy had a band together before that. Before I joined Dio for the very first time, I was in a band with Rudy Sarza. <laughs> oh okay. So I mean, Rudy's an, is an amazing musician, an amazing human. I mean, he's very close to the type of a musician and type of person, uh, personality and and uh, person quality of Ronnie. You know, that's why mm-hmm. him and Ronnie became so close too, because they had so much in common. You know, Rudy was right up there with Ronnie. You know, in many yeah. aspects. And then we you know, then there's uh, uh, but you know things happen. You know, you you. You can't, you can't volunteer and take a pay cut 
you know, year-round just because you love Ronnie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Come and go, and opportunities come and go, and then people make money. You know, this thing is not a money-making, you know, um, uh, entity. It's just a thing that we do to keep Ronnie's memory alive. So, you, so you know, yeah, members exactly. Go, thank God for them, you know, because we've, you know, we had, you know, we had so many different people in the band, but it's only because Ronnie was loved by so many people and the family was so big. You know, because no one in the band, you know, no one in the band, Dio Disciples, you know, was outside of the family family any way, shape, or form. They either toured right. with us, were yeah. friends of ours, or they were friends of Ronnie, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they were in the band, or something like that. There was always a direct connection to Ronnie. It wasn't just, hey, can you play bass because we got this gig coming up, you know. So... That's yes. the beautiful part about Dear Disciples is that it's still a family and there's still, you know, there's still a prerequisite, yes. you know, and, and we really join. We really um, share that feeling at uh, events like the, the concerts at the park. I was there last year, too, at Encino Park, and I was also at the Forest Lawn Memorial um, where they put on the performances. So, uh, you know, Concerts like that, we really do share that feeling and, um, of course, honor uh, Ronnie's memory and celebrate uh, the music together. So, um, very nice, very nicely done. Um, yeah. yeah, and all the money that's yeah. made, you know, at these events, you know, go to Ronnie's Cancer Research Fund, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. band is separate, you know. Um, when we go and play, you know, we basically are just basically covering our expenses to go do that, you know. Okay, okay. It's not a money-making venture, you know. It'd be nice to make some money from time to time. Well, yeah, and it is a charitable event, and people do give their time, and they do give a lot of themselves to the... it is separate. The band is separate from the... Mm -hmm. the Okay, okay. On purpose. And Wendy was very important about that, you know, because she wanted to make sure that... You know, when there was a Stand Up and Shout event, nobody was getting paid. That's a volunteer. Yes, yeah. You know? Okay, okay. And so when Dio Disciples go out, yeah, there's there's money changes hands, but it's not a money-making venture. You know, because, you know, you, somebody has to pay for plane flights. Somebody has to pay for rehearsals. Somebody has to yeah, pay, yeah. you know, to you know to get us there, you know, and, and, yeah. and it costs money to, to block out time you know sometimes it's only a week sometimes it's only a couple of days but we have to turn down work to do that so somebody has to come up with a certain amount of money you know to at least make that happen so money does exchange hands but it's not like hey you know we're going to walk away with 10 grand in our pocket yeah let's go (laughs) let's go pretend we miss ronnie yeah yeah well we well i think um you know a lot of people are quite supportive of um of the of what goes into uh, a, a charitable event um, like stand up and shout, and so I think it's very appreciated. Um, I want to mention now I have a couple things, and one of them is your current band, which is called Resurrection Kings, and I look forward to seeing a performance. So I really, I know you just have only recently gave a concert in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And in Vegas, yeah. And one in Vegas, and then one in San Diego. Prior to that, so, San Jose, yeah. And they've put out an album, came out 
January of 2016. Mm-hmm. And this is um, yourself, Craig Goldie, Chad West on vocals, who I've seen uh, many times performing uh, Led Zeppelin songs. Yep. And um, he's incredible. Um, another Lynch Mob player on, on bass, who is Sean McNabb. We've also seen him appear in Sons of Anarchy. So it really is too cool. And Vinny again on drums, Vinny a piece. So he's, you yeah. know, active and he's, you know, out it's and making new apathy. music. Apathy. And I'm yeah. always correcting myself. <laughs> no, it was Carmine a piece and Vinny Apathy. I think it was clever that the two brothers decided to pronounce their name differently. I know happy. they did that. And I think they did it especially so that people would appreciate how well they drum if <laughs> they play yeah. drums like um they're both you know they're own. outstanding players so <laughs> yeah well okay okay so resurrection kings we can look forward to listening to um yeah, and i think it's a great album because you know people you know people for some reason think it's going to be a dio album you know and so mm-hmm. we get all we get these comments you know like well it's this and that but what they don't understand is that you know it's it's the record company came to me and asking me if I would be interested in doing an album with some famous guys from the 80s creating an 80s sound. That's all it was. It yeah, was oh, really? <laughs> and so I said, yeah, sure, I'd love to do it. You know. And then you know, as certain members fell through, other members came in. And because I knew Chaz and I knew Sean and I knew Vinny, I was able to get them in in replace of the original guys who fell through. Uh-huh. And what seemed to be falling apart at the seams was actually in reality just becoming stronger and more powerful. So me and mm-hmm. Chaz actually had written a song called Living Out Loud. And mm-hmm. that when I was first contacted by Frontiers, um, they were also taking submissions, song submissions. So uh, I told Chaz that, hey, you know, we have an opportunity to get our song out there, you know. And that was even before he was going to sing on the album. He just said, yeah, go for it, you know. Wow. So I, submitted, I submitted Living Out Loud, and Frontiers loved it so much. At one point, the band was going to be called Living Out Loud. <laughs> okay, okay. But nobody really liked that in the band. So, we, you know, we, you know, Sean had a guy that they used to have a band together called Resurrection Kings, and Sean asked the guy who owned it, you know, hey, can we use that name? And he said, yeah, go for it. And, um, uh-huh. But this album just came together little by little in different, you know, as things, as people fell through and as things would happen, you know. And it was supposed to be, you know, based on, you know, the 80s-based sound. It had not, you know, not specifically Dio. There are elements, you know, but my thing was is that what I wanted to do, they gave me the opportunity to do. Yeah. Uh, There are things, there are elements of white snake that are just absolutely amazing there are elements of deep okay. purple that are absolutely amazing there's elements of okay. rainbow that are amazing there's elements of journey and foreigner but they're not uh-huh. heavy enough for mm-hmm. me to listen on a daily basis so there's there's all all my favorite bands are actually mixed into this album uh-huh. i got a chance to you know have you know a heavier journey a heavier foreigner a heavier version of like Rainbow in the JoLynn Turner era of Rainbow, you know, uh, a, a yeah. couple of bits and pieces of Dio, a couple of bits and pieces of Rainbow, and it was so, 
you, you have so much to put into it, and the members of the band as well. Just, um, you know, one of a kind. So true, original, and uh, truly genuine uh, creators. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, that's what it was. And and Frontiers were was in charge of of picking the songs, which was which was unorthodox in itself too, because most of the time bands are the ones that submit the songs, and then the record companies pick from there. But it was it was it was you know a, it was a true collaborative effort between record company, producer, and band. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it worked so well because there was no one person calling the shots. Everybody checked their egos at the door. And there was just one uh, objective, you know, let's just make some really great 80s-based sound music sound like new. Because a lot of the 80s-based guys were just putting the same, out the same old, same old, you know. And people, yeah. you know, people missed the 80s music, and they missed their rock stars, and they missed that virtuoso kind of stuff. But, you know, for the most part, people were just putting out the same old stuff that they used to do. There was yeah. nothing new. You know, so what we well, wanted to do is we wanted to put a twist on it, you know. So I saw a comment from a guy on Facebook. It was really cool. The guy said, new, old school. <laughs> new, well, it's, I mean, it's brand new. And um, you're so experienced that it is marvelous. It's stupendous. I mean, um, in my opinion. <laughs> well, thank you. I think it's a great record, mm-hmm. and I'm really proud of it. You know, and, and also there's an element of me that I never got a chance to utilize for a long time is I can draw and paint. I can draw like a photograph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can paint. And so um, everybody, you know, when I was younger, everybody wanted me to become an artist, but that gave me a uh-huh. when I tried to turn it into a job. Okay. Because uh, I was really meant to be a musician. But for the first time ever, you know, I've been wanting to do this, and I was able to do it on my own home recordings and stuff like that. And I got a chance to kind of hint with it on my first solo record, but I got a chance to paint with my guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can identify with that feeling. I think a lot of people can. Mm-hmm. On the record, there's times when there's 29 guitar tracks going on at once. Oh, my gosh. And and I did that purposely just for certain textures and maybe to create what I call set changes. And, you know, so that way, you know, one minute you you can picture... You picture, you know, music's supposed to make you see things and feel things, you know, and so a lot of bands and a lot of music can be very one-directional and one-dimensional. And yeah. I didn't want it to, you know, just when you think it's going one where one place it's going to go somewhere else. Okay. And so we did that musically, and I did that sonically, you know, with my guitar. Yeah. There were times mm-hmm. when, you know, I needed to make a certain texture just for one portion of the song and then okay. turn around and make a totally different texture for another portion of the song. Yeah. And I didn't get a chance to do that very often, and so I got a chance to do that on this record. And and it and you wouldn't really even know that there's 29 guitar tracks going on unless some of them it's, were taken away. Wow, <laughs> it's like a master sculptor of sonic space. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, That's uh-huh. interesting. I'll have to remember that. Thank you. Yeah. But that's what it was, you know. They gave me a chance to really stretch my wings, you know, and 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 I'm really grateful for that, you know, because. Now people are talking about the Craig Goldie of now and the Craig Goldie of the future instead of Craig Goldie of the past. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I want to mention, Craig, uh, your website is craiggoldie.com, and I think everyone should take a look because it's really a fun uh, site to look at, and it's 
good reading. There's a very, you know, uh, descriptive page where you talk about many things, uh, not just the book that you have called Destiny Bridge, but um, about some of your lifetime and career. And it mentions uh, your gold record, which is a which is a good story uh, about how you you connected with um, David Lee Roth and uh, the band Van Halen and, and put out a gold record. And so um, uh, again, CraigGoldie.com. And uh, well, thank you for that. But it's mainly yeah. it's mainly in the spirit of helping because it's really yeah. hard. You know, to these still to this day, it's really hard to make a living as a musician, and so I want to try to. It's which more I, to which I appreciate. Uh, well, we, yeah. we try, I try to educate the unknown musician to give him a you know a uh, an advantage, you know, because it's a it's still a learn as you go pro- program, and I I I'm trying to put a stop to that, you know, because okay. lawyers go to school. And they learn how to become doctors and lawyers before they become doctors and lawyers. But there's no such place for musicians, you know. And I tried to do that at Musicians Institute, and they screwed me, you know. But it was getting ready to start, and it was getting ready to take off. But, you know, everything happens for me. And so a lot of my students are flourishing, you know. There's bands like Benedict Mm -hmm. got a chance to take off. There's some of my students can contact me and they say, dude, I'm I'm making $75,000 a year and I just bought a a, a $350,000 home, you know, and I attribute that all to you. Uh-huh. Whoa, mm-hmm. you know, thank you, you know, because that's what very it's motivational. all about. Yes, very motivational uh, and inspirational book. So just as Craig is as a person, and I'd love to take a look at it. It looks so interesting, uh, well, I'll, I'll send you the. I'll send you some attachments, so you don't. I don't want you to have to buy it because you shouldn't have to buy all it. All right. I'll, I'll send you some attachments, <laughs> and I'll send you some songs that I wrote about Ronnie, because Ronnie uh-huh. wrote songs to you too that I'd like you to take a listen to. That. Um, Great. That I, oh, I can that, hardly that, wait. Can uh, hardly wait. The, yeah. The singer who sang on it is just absolutely outstanding, and him and I have a band together, and we're we're getting ready to do some stuff together too, and it's just outstanding. Okay. Guy. Okay. So, um, well, I'd love to hear more, um, um, and, and hopefully we'll be in touch and can talk, you know, once again in the future. And um, oh, definitely. Well, we, yeah, because okay. you're part of the family, so we will for sure. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. So, um, well, again, I want to thank you, and I hope that everyone does take the time to look at this um, incredible book uh, that Craig wrote, and um, it's so it's it, he's. You're such an inspiration to young players, and um, it's really wonderful, you know, what you've done for so many musicians who are are just getting started. And, um, again, your support of uh, the Stand Up and Shout Cancer Fund and and what you do for the band Dio Disciples. So um, it's just just been a very nice Thank you. Hear I, from I, you. I just simply learned from the best. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, I got a chance. I got a chance to 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 walk side by side with some of the best people and some of the best players, and all I did was learn from them and and try to apply that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I can't really take full credit for anything that I do. You know, I I believe in God. You know, and so some people may not, but I do. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, um. 
you know, I've been given an opportunity for a reason. Just like Ronnie, you know, he did something with it. He didn't just make a lot of money and sit around and pat himself on the back. You know, he built yes. shelters and 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 rescued animals and did all sorts uh-huh. of things. You know, and and so you know, this is this stand up and shout isn't the first time he's done something charitable. You know, uh, he's been charitable all his life. You know, and so. And and he is with us in spirit and yeah. in in our hearts and minds still. So and with That's so right. many people all at once at the same That's time. Right. So it's um out of this world. <laughs> well so I'm um, just trying to do my best, you know, with what I've been given and uh and I'm grateful that people feel the way they do about me and think the things they do because all that does is fuel the fire to give more and to do more and try to you know make this world a better place you know and that's mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. Okay. Yes, well, I agree. Um. Well, and uh, so thank you once again, Crick, and uh, best of luck to you. And I hope to see you at the at the park at Encino oh, Park and um, with the Harley Davidson event coming up. And yeah. I'm looking forward to the concerts. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Kate. I look forward to seeing you, as always. And, you know, we'll we'll be able to once again look into each other's eyes and say hello and give each other a big hug and then enjoy yes. the festivities. <laughs> okay. Well, I certainly appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate you. You have a great night. And um, 